Hi, Ben. Hi, Nicole. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I am uh, delighted. And listeners may note that the background is a little bit different. And that's part of my delight because I'm not in a tiny closet. Yes. It's wonderful. Yes. We're in a very bright, spacious place today yes. Yes, for a very indeed. special reason. Yes. I'm actually quite excited. <laughs> um, I know my voice doesn't always register that because it's droll and British. Um, yes, it's very but I'm, British of you. I mean, thank you so much. But I am wildly excited. Um, before we get to the reason why we're so excited, though, Nicole, yes. what's up with you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Come on now. No, nothing. Um, nothing at all? Nothing. Okay, I mean, I that's quarantine for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are things happening, but, you know, I don't talk about them until, think, you know, everybody has signed on the dotted lines i hate you um yeah nothing okay life i I like your shirt because you know i love peach i know you that's why i wore it i wore it for you i I thought nicole for listeners my shirt says peachy keen and uh (laughs) that's how i feel with nicole hey because she loves a peach yes yes yes. uh, yes. oh i guess i could say i got my hair and nails done for the first time since february march look at that Congratulations. And I think it really affected me. Like I did not think that I was that vain, mm. but it has fucked me it's up. It's not vanity. It's 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 replenishing the human uh, spirit. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to beautify yourself. So I feel really good. That's um, good. I haven't had my hair done. And you can also tell that. I look rough as a badger's <laughs> no, ass. It's not. fine. No, it's okay. I've, I've, no, no, I've come to terms with it. You don't have to reassure me. Like, I looked in no. the mirror this morning and I was like, it is what it is. No. And then I put on some lip gloss and I was like, let's get out of the house. I go out there and be somebody. And that's what I'm doing today. Uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, back to the exciting reason yes. that we are out of the house and we feel like human beings again. Nicole, we have a very special guest on yes. today's show. Yes, someone that I have been trying to interview since February, maybe? Listen, March. It's as old as the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. and... <laughs> You know, and I was pitching the profile and then coronavirus happened, the pandemic happened and everybody was just like, "Mm, we just want coronavirus shit. And I was like, "Okay, well, he's doing this thing that's related to the pandemic. You Mm. know, he's putting out art because he has to. And this is like the way that we're accessing it. And then the people be like, oh, we already have that angle. Mm. Fuck y'all. So (laughs) I was like, "Okay, well, I have a show myself. So I am going to get him on the show. Exactly. So we have Mark Loop Daddy Rubier. <laughs> Nicole Bim Share. What an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for letting us into your home. Yes. My pleasure. Which it's is a lovely really nice. Home. It's a Thank lovely you. home. Yes. I feel like I'm in an episode of uh, 53 Questions with Vogue or 73 <laughs> Questions. Oh, yeah. Can I open up the door? Hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> The, the faceless interrogator but no this time it's it's me and you nicole you see that weird one with kim and kanye where they were like oh, no just in their like monastery of a home no just this giant empty white cavernous spaces i mean very no. odd place to live oh, i don't know yeah. if i would want to live there no one yeah, wants to I live saw, there. A museum i saw pictures and like a video of their bathroom sink that looks like just a cement slab. Yeah, it's and just a the, slab. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I know like where a, the water goes. Like, where does the toothpaste, you know, land? You know, it's not very child-friendly. No. It's, no. Just, it's not no. even adult-friendly. Yeah. Right. It's super stylized and useless. Yeah. Yes, exactly. What for? It's a gallery. Oh, yeah. It's a gallery. It's a gallery. There you go. You know? yeah. 
Ugh, anyway. Um, but Mark <laughs> what a segue. is <laughs> Mark is an improvisational musician who uses his loop machine, keyboard, whatever is around him to make music. Uh, sometimes he has people call in when he's do- when he does live streams on YouTube, Twitter, and people will talk to him for a little bit, give him a topic, and then he makes a song from the topics that people give That's him. Right. Yeah, and are from the conversations. Um, so I found that fascinating. And uh, some of the stuff that went viral was a lot of. Um, you know, some sexy stuff. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and I started watching um, women in particular, the responses women were having to you. And I was like, oh, this is this is supreme thirst content. And we, we need to, I need to talk to him. Yeah. Um, so that is why we are here in your kitchen. <laughs> it was not designed to be thirst content, but... If it's turned into thirst content, many things are not designed to be thirst content. I guess you're right. And thirst finds a way. It's much <laughs> like life. Thirst somehow finds a way in. <laughs> it's the Jurassic Park uh, yes. element of it. Thirst yes. finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> That's thirst. <laughs> so let's get started talking about how we got to this point. Mm. Um, Because I see a lot of times people in interviews with you, they say that you are classically trained. What exactly does classically trained mean and how did you get from Dallas to New York? Well, it means, it just means that my parents put me in like classical piano lessons when I was a kid, you know? And uh, so I guess since I was like, I I think four or five, I was doing classical piano lessons. I didn't want to do them. Uh, I hated doing them. Uh, but, you know, I guess if there are any parents out there, force your children to do that, you know, because I, even throughout the years that I really didn't want to do it, it just was always a part of my life because my parents forced me to. And I think like the end result of taking piano lessons was being able to play songs. I really enjoyed the end result, but I hated and really still hate the (laughs) rehearsal process, practicing, working on something until it's just right. I've, I've uh, never really, I've never fallen in love with that process the way that I can only assume other people do classical musicians, et cetera. But um, yeah. So anyway, just lessons since I was a kid Mm -hmm. for a decade plus. And then I quit that. Um, and sort of taught myself improvisational blues, jazz a little bit. And then over the years, I guess from like 15 to 20 something, I took a series of private lessons on my own dime about, you know, just having to do with jazz theory and mixing and mastering and, um, you know, just sort of like the engineering process, uh, mm-hmm. as I was trying to learn how to make music as well. So it was a little bit of that, um, And yeah, spent most of my childhood in Dallas and moved to New York. I mean, I have like a back and forth relationship with New York because I was born in Dallas. And then when I was about four or five, we moved to Inglewood, New Jersey, Bergen Mm -hmm. County, um, which is just across the George Washington Bridge. And so I would be in the city a lot as a kid until I was about 12 when we moved back to Dallas. I spent like the rest of my childhood there. Mm -hmm. 
And then, yeah, I moved back here after I lived in Paris for a year. So I might have been, I guess I was like 23 or 24. Moved here for a couple of years, worked a job, still trying to do music. Then my dad got sick. I moved back to Dallas for a number of years. And um, once that time was, was up, I moved back to New York. Mm-hmm. Already having established a small audience in Dallas, but sort of basically trying to start from scratch in, in New York again, right. um, doing the music thing. So that's how I ended up back here. And <laughs> I can't seem to get away. I mean, it's a trap. It is. A it's a beautiful trap. <laughs> it's just a beautiful trap. I wanted to ask, are your parents particularly musical? Like their insistence on you learning this? Was this something that they were particularly interested in? No, um, neither of them are musical. I mean, they, they did listen to music. Um, they listen, My dad listened to classical opera, Arabic music. My mom listened to a lot of Motown, a lot of... Four Tops, Smokey Robinson, Ray Charles, James Brown, Temptations, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's really what uh, got its hooks in me, I think, early. Um, okay, so we can tell that you are very heavily influenced by funk and soul in your music and even in, like, the aggressive faces that you make sometimes when you're singing. <laughs> and, like, it gets, though, right to the line of maybe parody. And so then it's kind of like, mm, I don't know if I like this white boy making fun of this kind of music. And right. then you kind of, like, take a step back and then you're like, no, this is actually an appreciation of it. So I wonder, though, how did you get to that point where you realize, let me be careful and how I, you know, translate the, the way the music feels for me uh, in my own performances? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's no doubt I'm influenced almost exclusively by black music. You know, it's like, and I, I don't know if there's a musician working today that's not, uh, but I am very heavily influenced by that Mm -hmm. and obviously it shows up in every aspect of of all of my songs it's all like hip-hop funk disco soul blues based shit Mm -hmm. um and i i you know i don't know it's 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 interesting to think about this because i don't know if i ever it was ever like a conscious um Thing for me thinking about how do I like be careful with this or do it service without you know just like appropriating for laughs or some other thing like you know it, you, there's lots of ways in which you can fuck that up and be extremely insensitive and like but I never thought I've never still really have never thought about it analytically um, in terms of how I'm executing it. Mm-hmm. I think about it afterwards. I've thought about it in, uh, just in concept, sort of like what it is I do and, and, um, you know, where my influences are and how I, how I, uh, use them in my, in my music. But, uh, when I'm doing it, I'm really not there's really not much thought. I am just trying to do something dope that like, I'm just trying to sing something that I think sounds good to me and, and deliver that in like an honest way. Even if I'm saying stupid shit Mm. about butts and (laughs) pussies and shit, you know, like (laughs) even if I'm doing that, 
It's like that won't work if the music if there's not some foundation in like the music is is hopefully pretty good. You know, like that has to be a there needs to be that layer there in order for the humor to work. Mm-hmm. And so the music I'm always approaching very seriously. Um, and then I, I hope that that gives me credence and license to do with words kind of what I want. But like the, the, the music I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to like make something that I genuinely feel. And that's about as far as I go. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, I hope it hasn't, uh, ventured into the realms of like insensitivity or, uh, anything like that. But I'm really just trying to honestly just make some dope shit. Honestly, that's just, that's all musically what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. I I mean, there's so much on social media where we have people who go viral, who become these internet sensations because Mm. they are mocking other people's cultures or, you know, something along those lines. And that's, you know, with men who, um, they put on wigs and they, their whole thing is, you know, making fun of women or then you have um digital blackface where you have a lot of people who are then um lip syncing uh black women on tiktok and things like that and you know that's how they end up skyrocketing a lot of that Mm. on because i'm just starting to venture into tiktok it's like my smallest platform but i'm trying to stay relevant (laughs) with the children (laughs) and uh but man there is a lot of that there's a lot of white people like lip syncing black audio oh yeah Yeah. very bizarre it's it's an it's an extension of what is already done on like twitter and youtube and whatever i think each new uh platform just kind of adapts Uh, but to the same old thing right so you know if, if it's not full-on blackface it's a version of it's a kind yeah. of like and part of the problem i think also is that so much of black culture is uh unfairly marked as american culture mm. and so removing the specificity means oh it's up it's game for anyone oh and I it's see. kind of like no it's not yeah and there's a that thing of like well you can't say you own it and it's like actually you, some mean, people do own it yes and it's a very <laughs> weird thing of just like having this flattened into sort of it's entertainment mm. and it's like it's it's culture it's people's culture yeah um, and that's yeah. like a constant thing that i think people are pushing back against and uh trying to kind of be fair but also kind of demand a sort of um you know humility of people mm-hmm. who are not born of the culture who then kind of jump on in and, and join in and i i, I definitely have uh, encountered it a lot um with so many of my favorite white artists um where it's kind of like uh, how do i feel about this mm-hmm. and like you know and it's a difficult line to to cross because you appreciate and you can see how much craft uh, goes into something. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's also kind of like, who's getting rewarded for this? And that's like a constant question. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, I don't know. Yeah. There's like mockery and then there's even, yeah, I, it's obviously, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on the side that, owns it Mm -hmm. i'm using it but i'm using it entirely out of a deep deep love for it like a primal deep love for it um i hope i'm not fucking it up that's all i can say you know (laughs) i hope not 
Well, I mean, do you have friends who can check you just in case? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I, I do. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet been checked. Okay. That's good. I feel like I've, uh, I've probably been checked once or twice on Twitter, but it's Twitter. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to know who's doing that checking, mm-hmm. how much of a troll they are. Um, it's just hard to know. Uh, but I have not been checked by my friends yet, which I guess is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. When you are selling out these shows and when you are doing your drive-in tours uh, during a pandemic, <laughs> you are uh, in your underwear and or in a robe. Both. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Why? How? I... <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> what is this? What the hell is this? <laughs> it did not start out that way. Uh, it did definitely did not start out that way. I played clothed probably in something like this for... Probably about a year. Um, For the listeners at home, uh, Mark is wearing a t-shirt and trousers right now. That's what yes. he means. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like some gray khakis. I don't. Yeah, khakis. some sort of gray shit. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Simple little outfit. That's the official term. Some gray shit. Some gray shit <laughs> yeah. and a white t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, so it was like you know because when I first started playing in front of people, I was playing in Dallas at bars and restaurants for the better part of a year and. Uh, when I was playing those shows, I was just clothed. It was just, uh, I didn't think much of it. Just tried to wear nice outfits. Sometimes I wear like a suit, you know, something like that. Um, But then when I started touring, I moved here. Then my videos started getting shared way more than they used to. Then got booking requests and then I started booking tours. And so when I started like moving around, and staying at hotels, hotels would have robes sometimes. And at some point there, I just like, it was like, well, I, 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 I should probably just wear this robe on stage. It'd be funny. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like the boxer thing. You know, you're wearing a big ceremonial robe on stage. And <laughs> it's not as funny. It's just a funny thought. And so I did that. And then sort of in conjunction with that, I had also filmed like a few videos in my apartment in one of the two robes I had. Maybe I only had one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a couple of those that had become quite popular. And so there, this connection started happening between the videos in robes, being on stage in a robe. And then as I kept playing on stage in robes, I started realizing like, wow, this is kind of like a sexual thing. It's like a like a burlesque sort of thing where, you know, (laughs) midway through the show, I can start to tease. And then, so then it was just like, it just was totally organic from that point. It was like, people were like, take it off. Let me see your dick and all this shit. And so it was like, you know, and I love that shit. I I apologize for that. I didn't mean to yell that. (laughs) Just sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. It's perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's like, it became absurd and I embraced that, I suppose. And mm-hmm. 
So now every show, it's just sort of like that. I don't know if it will stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly would like it to evolve. I'll probably have a different outfit at some point. Mm. But right now, the robe thing is, I mean, it's a really comfortable way to play. I can really imagine. Really comfy, you know? You should do a line of robes. I have heard that, and I <laughs> really want to do that. I'm working on like a like a collection, you Excellent. know, like a loop daddy collection or there whatever of like luxurious stuff like that. Uh-huh. So we'll say everything from like robes to panties, stuff. but they need to be, they need to be nice. We appreciate yes. your commitment yes. to quality. <laughs> it's listen. It's got to be a high thread count. <laughs> it's a high thread count. Egyptian cotton. I'll go. have nothing less. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. There's going to be a, a high you cotton could, uh, thread. Team Look up with uh, Rihanna and have like a. Does she loop. have a line? She has lingerie, Savage oh. Fenty lingerie, oh, and so shit. you could do Loop Daddy Savage Fenty. I don't know. Dude, that's Something. a fucking great idea. It's the collaboration of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great... Yeah, let's get let, let's get me to any sort of level where Rihanna would have the slightest clue who I am, and then maybe we can consider that. Perfect. <laughs> we'll make the introduction. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Okay. Um, okay, so you're at these shows, yeah. and people are yelling at you to take it off, and they're throwing their bras on stage at you, and you yeah. are putting the bras on. Yeah. Um, but then also sometimes at the end of your show, you come out to the stage, and I, there is a picture floating around. Mm where you are standing at the edge of the stage and you're just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm here. And someone has their hand on your dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm okay. comfortable with it. That's a solid uh, answer. And instantly, yes, I'm very comfortable. I am. I'm comfortable with it. It's happened at multiple shows. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's fine. It's a, <laughs> The show is a, it's a hyper-sexual show. Mm-hmm. It's meant to turn you on and make you laugh and make you feel good. That's the whole vibe of the show. That's usually the way I feel when I'm on stage. So people get excited. There was like a show in Tampa where <laughs> I often bring people up on stage. I'll like, um, you know, people will come up at the very end. I'll bring like a lot of people up on stage. But normally during the show, a few people will come up if they feel like it, if they get my attention and they look interesting or they're saying something interesting, I'll bring them up. And uh, this one woman in Tampa had, she was right in the front row with like a jar of peanut butter, just desperately trying to get my attention. And uh, she came up on stage and like put peanut butter on my chest and licked it off my nipple. Oh my God. <laughs> And then later on, that same... I'm telling you, Tampa is the craziest fucking place. I mean, it lives up to Florida, huh? Oh, 100%. Right. It's one of my favorite places to play on the planet. <laughs> this 70-something-year-old mother was there with her son, also in the front row. She's handicapped. She's in a wheelchair. And she beckoned me over and is sucking peanut butter off of me. This is a 75-year-old woman is sucking peanut butter off of my fingers. Like, <laughs> sucking it. And uh, what was she doing? (laughs) You heard me. No, it was was insane. But that's how that's like the energy in the room. And it's degrees of that. Sometimes it's a little more, sometimes a little less. Did you have hand sanitizer close by? Well, it wasn't really, you know, no, you know, you got to think. Before we were obsessed with like sanitizer, sure, sure. it was like not a big deal. So you just wiped it down your trousers and kept going. Yeah, keep going, keep right. going. Yeah, 
Jesus. <laughs> the world was so different back then. Yeah. It really was. It Six really months was. ago. Oh, God. <laughs> no. oh, God. It's so sad. So I got to know of you via Nicole, who was kind of like, please watch this, um, which is my favorite kind of uh, text to get. Please watch this. Yeah. No context, no nothing. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like straight away. Um, but also everyone's like secondary comment after that initial question is kind of like, ah, it does kind of slap though. How do you feel about being like the person is kind of like, what? Huh? What is that feeling? Uh, <laughs> that's a great, I mean, it is a feeling. I mean, it's the response I've gotten since the moment I got on stage. Right. So it's not, I've been contending with that for years now. <laughs> okay, you know? good. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I'm doing it to myself. And also I kind of, it gives me something to win you over. You know, it gives me a reason to win you over mm-hmm. it, in a way. It's like the, the first shows I played, I mean, the first 150 shows I played were at bars and restaurants where people were just trying to eat lunch <laughs> or have a cocktail. They'd have no fucking clue who I am or why I'm there. And uh, all of a sudden they're hearing a song about like Tostitos and fucking your ass hole and all this shit. And they're like, they're they're just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) But it was this weird thing. It happened ever since the beginning because, and I think putting like, by the way, huge thanks to Corey Pond, Danny Bayless and Sam Wynn and Jeff Fryman, who were the first four people to hire me and subject me to their customers, <laughs> paying customers at restaurants, whether it was at noon, the brunch crowd, or like a 10 to 1 a.m. slot at like late dinner. Just an insane thing that they did for me, like let me get up there and really do exactly what the fuck I wanted to in front <laughs> of their customers. And so a lot of them left. Actually, I wouldn't say a lot, but there were a few that in my time doing that walked out. Um, but mostly by and large, the response was exactly what you're saying. The Mm -hmm. first thing is, and you could get, you got to see it in real time. It was, (laughs) what the fuck is this shit? Oh, and then by, so, and it just sort of like grew from there. So I'm very accustomed to it. It's definitely not only online. Okay. <laughs> it was, it's a healthy way to be. Because I literally, I think Nicole sent it a minute later. I was like, yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. And then like, oh shit, like I'm dancing. How did this happen? <laughs> so thanks, Nicole. Sure. That makes welcome. me very happy. That's nice. I know. And you know, I also know that that's not always everyone's reaction. I mean, everyone's reaction yeah. is, what the fuck is this? This sucks. And they turn it off. And that's fine. Yeah. I would rather not make something that appeals to everybody. I think that's... Mm-hmm boring boring to make that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so you sometimes have people call in and you have conversations with them and they give you topics Mm. and for a while it it was clear that people were just like can you talk more can you do a song about ass and titties ass and titties ass and titties and you kind of kind of went off on people a little bit you were like y'all give me something else is there something that you will not do a song about like if someone 
came and you know gave you a topic is there something you're like no what's wrong with you and mm. <laughs> what's off limits I think off limits is not quite what you would think uh, off limits is boring shit mm. is like not some outrageous request because I've done all sorts of requests like that I've done requests about murder about drowning about you know, relationships and every permutation about fucking and eating pussy and all this shit that, like, there is really not many topics about Trump, I, 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 you know, but he, I generally, if it's like heavily political and it's not something that I feel really passionate about, I guess, like, recently on the drive in tour, I did a, a, a number of like BLM songs and also some fuck Trump shit. Um, because I just feel, I feel very strongly about those things. So it's easy for me to access like a song, but stuff that's more like pointedly political. That's more, um, it's just not really my wheelhouse. It's not stuff that I look at or read about a ton. Um, so I don't find a lot of inspiration there, but mostly what I won't do is like, if you're just giving me some bullshit, that's not it. Like that's the, one of the reasons yeah, I've been taking calls on stream for a long time as well. And, and recently in those streams, these quarantine streams where I was just talking to people that were like giving me nothing, <laughs> nothing. There was one dude who was on the phone and I was starting to lose it because the caller before had given me some bullshit. I wasn't able to make a good song with it. And so I was like really needing a caller to give me something real, mm -hmm. some energy, a vibe, something, give me something. He gets on the phone. He's like, Hey, I'm like, what? <laughs> he's just making me get it out of him. What do you do? What do you, where are you? Uh, not much weekend work. Like, <laughs> what? what the? I was, he was like, all right, I got something for you. I've got something for you that's really going to inspire you. I was like, all right, man, <laughs> lay it on me. He's like, well, I went on this trip one time. And he goes on for fucking a, like a full minute about this. Like, yeah, I went from like, I did like three states and we started in Seattle and we went over to San Francisco and then we went down uh, the state of California. I was just like, <laughs> I'm sitting there on camera. I just cannot. And I hung up on the dude. It was the first time I'd ever hung up on a caller. I hung up on him. I was like, dude, I just can't do that. I think part of it was also that I was in a really like, I needed something. And so I was feeling in a, I was in a sort of a creative rut mm. and there was like 10,000 people tuned in. And I'm just like, dude, I am losing it right now. And this dude is talking about some fucking road that this bland <laughs> description of this trip that he no nothing interesting about it he's just describing what he did uh so it's stuff like that it's stuff that gives me as you can see <laughs> just i need you to give me some meat i need you to give me bring me something emotional whatever that is if it's sexual if it's personal if it has nothing to do with any of that but if it's just how you feel I need that I need, because that's what the, that's what a song is. It's like it's the distillation of an emotion into, you know, a musical direction. Mm -hmm. Boom. Emotion. Mm -hmm. So I need that.
That's I could probably do one. a song about being bored. Mm. I do that. Yeah. yeah, I've done that before. Okay, mm. That'd be fun. Mm. well, we're gonna just if, if if the spirit takes you, if you want to perhaps do a song about thirst at some point in your future. Oh yes, that's just yours to have. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a random. Just I mean, plucked out of the air. Yes, thirst? <laughs> question mark? Perhaps. <laughs> Um, I do want to get into this idea of humor and mm. that. So we, we've had a, a comedian uh, on the show uh, by the name of Wyatt Sinek, who oh, yeah. we love very much. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Great. But we, we ended up talking a little bit about the, uh, the tie of humor and like desire and how people kind mm. of, for many people, they go hand in hand even when they can't necessarily articulate it. But, you know, that whole cliche thing of, what are you looking for? Somebody with a sense of humor, oh but God. it's very real. A hundred percent. How do you go about, you know, you've mentioned you, you, stuff that is funny to you and the music that absolutely has to be from this place of, like, real um, uh, feeling. Yeah. How do you marry the two things together in the music that you perform? Mm. Because I can tell you the result is a good amount of thirst for yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> My plans are coming to fruition. <laughs> it's all working out as I had intended. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I wish there was more of, like, a thoughtful process behind that. But I think what it has to do with is mostly, it's like my sensibilities. Um, you know, my dad was very French extremely French. That's a great photo of him where, without even knowing, I was like, oh, that's a French dude. Oh, God, yes. He's <laughs> uh, as French as it gets. Thickest accent, like a cartoonishly thick accent. Are you fluent in French? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dual citizen. So, uh, if shit ever gets fucked up here, I can just... Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> uh, like yeah. two weeks or something. I know, right. I've Next Saturday, waiting. he's gone. He's waiting. like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> My last public appearance was on Thursday, Kit. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, and, oh. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so he always was a big flirt, was a big, uh, I mean, utterly devoted to my mother, but the French nature in him was that of a, just a big player, you know, and he sort of <laughs> acted that way. And, and it was extremely charming, extremely endearing. He did it in this way that was... It just incredibly charming. You couldn't help but be charmed by him, even though he sometimes would like push you in uncomfortable directions, but it was done in this way that was really just masterful. It was just who he was, you know? It's just a, uh, a, a very loving, funny, big energy that happened to wear sexuality on his sleeve. It was a big part of his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am. I can only imagine that I inherited that a lot of many of those traits, um, just by nature of being his son and being <laughs> around him for so long. Um, and and then, so it, it it sort of has become this thing where I think you really hit on something super real, which is this connective tissue between humor and horniness and there is there just is an intangible connection there it exists it's in our neurotransmitters we're turned on by humor for some reason mm-hmm. if if someone makes you laugh there there are many times where that 
turns into a physical attraction. It's alchemical. It's weird the way that that works, but it is that way. It's part of our part of many of our DNA, or the, just the way that we respond sexually to things. I think. Um, I'm speaking for myself, but I mean, I'm also speaking for many people for whom I know that to be the case. Mm. Um, and so I guess I just landed in this lucky place uh, where what I dis- where my instincts are taking me on stage is try and be absurd, try and be ridiculous. <laughs> You know, try and make sure that everything on stage has this air of absurdity, but it's couched in this real um, horniness and <laughs> and also just a desire to 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 try and make some like you know some groovy shit, some some stuff that has a groove that has a pocket that you can sort of bounce to, um, and then and so when I guess all of those things get put together, it's like it turns into this very sexually charged show and I think the humor feeds that Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know that Mm -hmm. until I got you know and and that didn't really happen in the beginning it sort of took a while to for that to become a part of the show in the way that it is now Um, but it felt natural it still very much feels natural to to have it be a part of the show Um, and yeah man it's sexy it's just fun you know yeah, I, think, I think part of it is when we see someone who is completely abandoning himself um, to the music, to the spirit of the crowd and just kind of letting go, mm. that's very attractive um, because mm. it's like, oh, if he can let go of you know, society's rules about how he's supposed to be on stage or whatever, uh, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, what's he going to do in the band? <laughs> 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 you know, so that comes like that. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so that comes, uh, you know, to the audience, I think. And so that's part of what, because what I love um, I mean, I love watching you and your performances, but I really love watching the reactions because mm. people are like, oh my God, why do I like this? Why is he turning <laughs> you know, me on? You it's know? Like, Come on, I'm not that bad looking. It's like, <laughs> why in the fuck do I like this? There's so much of that. It's like, I have no idea why I like this bullshit. It's like, come on, I'm do- there's something, right? I don't know. But yeah, it, I know the reactions are really does very bizarre. Does that bother bizarre. you, though? Like, does it bother you that people are like, hmm, he, he should not be attractive, but I am attracted to him? That, I mean, we're arriving at the same destination. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> What a healthy way of looking at it. You're on the train, sis. You're on the train. Get on board. However you got there, that's entirely up to you. Bring that fat ass over here. I want to get it in my mouth. I want to get it in my mouth. Oh, I want to suck on your fat ass. I want to talk about this picture. Okay. That I saw... Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be professional. Hold on. <laughs> I have no idea what this is going to be. Um, this was, I think you did a TBT, a throwback Thursday of oh, this yeah. picture. Uh, no glasses, long hair mark, circa 2013. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> Nicole, please describe the photo for our listeners. Okay, so in this photo, Mark is in a pair of tidy whities yeah. um, Classic for a reason. It's very on brand even today. I yeah. Think, I didn't even know. He's got a cigarette on the corner of his mouth, just dangling. Um, a glass of wine or port, Red maybe. Wine, Red, okay, and he's. Um, in his other hand, he's got a phone, and it looks like maybe he might be taking a dick pic. That's right. Um, if, he, <laughs> he, if he wasn't in his tidy whities And he has on um, a shirt, like a Rat Pack kind of shirt that is, uh, what is this, vertically striped in like mustard brown, Sky gray, blue. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's opened. So we see um, what I like to call a strong bird chest, and <laughs> he's got long hair, no glasses, and he's looking to the side, eyebrows a little, you know, a little arched. They're a little very groomed. They're good yeah. eyebrows. I mean, basically, Mark, you look like you should be in the video for Fiona Apple's Criminal, right? Like just some... <laughs> wow, that is the best compliment I've ever heard given. Incredible. <laughs> so uh, tell us about this uh, picture. Um how and why <laughs> <laughs> it's actually super specific this is uh, a picture that a friend of mine took of me who was a photographer who still is works in like digital media um, but she's still a photographer and she was shooting photos for a vice article about dick pics <laughs> okay and On so brand. she yes <laughs> And so she shot a bunch of dudes uh, in various dick pic taking positions. Right. Right. Um, and we were like, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and there are many. There's only a couple good ones, though. Right. My, I mean, well, my opinion. I mean, arguably, I, I don't know about that, but there's only there like two none. that men do. Yes. I'll say that, or that mm. they share, and that's disappointing sometimes. Oh, shit. It's okay, just which like, ones? What are the two? Because I think I. I, I think my approach is good. Okay. Um, I don't want to take my that's just like, mark, but I think I've nailed it. <laughs> the one that's just like, I'm in the bathroom in my dirtiest socks, and here's, here's the angle. This, the, the, okay. <laughs> the top down. Dude, yeah, the yeah. top What down. is that shit? I, just, I don't know. Please tell your brother and to stop doing it. What is this? This anatomy class? It's, You're just a dick? Please. Where's the context? Where's the velvet background? Where's but where's really? the mise en scene? Where's the you, where's the mise en scene? Yeah. Where's where's the thought? The consideration for who you're sending this to? Yeah. Why is just a dick? You don't want to see just a dick? I know. And especially not your dirty socks because right. they're always like you know in it or and then there's the other one where there's like oh here's a coke can next to my dick. <laughs> you know? what the fuck? Here's the Plus air scale. freshener Plus can scale, next to my dick. I like, have never and will never send a dick pic like that. That's some bullshit. And that's Thank a, you. That's a Mark Revier <laughs> promise. I will never that's send That's the Mark Revier guarantee. <laughs> Dude, th- I mean, that picture is a decent representation of the kind of artfulness I try to bring to my dick pics. We're, we need context. We need you... Down to up. This is the angle. Uh-huh. Your body, your face, your dick, everything is in. Everything is represented. You get context. You get to see. You're not just looking at a penis. Most disgusting fucking thing. You're looking at the whole thing. 
And so that's that's the approach I like to take. Wow. This Thank is, you. Okay. There's just so much art in this conversation. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah. It, felt, it felt a little bit like, what's that Gaga song where you said body, face, dick? Oh, yeah. What did she say? <laughs> what's her song? That's, that's, you should do a remix. But I tell you, this is not the first time I've heard about these dick pics, about mm-hmm. that, that style of dick pics. It's very disappointing. It's like, Dude, it's, have you ever watched a movie? Just be cinematic about it. Yes. Just capture something in a frame. It's yes. not that. It's really not that. Deep. Yes. Lighting, shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Consider what you are doing. Yes. I mean, you know, everyone has a ring light now and a stand or something. A tripod. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Let's do some. Play that. with some lamps. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Right. Angles, shadows. What's up? <laughs> you know, let's go. Uh, okay, so I also consider you like a naughty Bob Ross because you are, you try to be very positive and just like, hey, have a good day, yeah. go poop on it, you know, that yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Solid so advice. why? <laughs> Always. Just try and poop, see how it feels. Poop all over it. Just poop all over this thing. Why is positivity so important for you to incorporate positivity while acknowledging that the world is shit? Because some people are just like positive vibes only and it totally disregards. Life. Yeah. So, but you recognize that you know life has been fucked up for you know a minute, and but you also want people to be in the moment. Um, can you talk a bit about that and why it's significant to you to do that? For sure, yeah. Uh, I have all. I mean, my temperament, my like baseline, foundational level as a person has always been. Very positive. I'm very lucky to have that as 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 a trait, it, just for my own sanity. I've been very lucky to just be a baseline of very happy human being for the most part. Um, you know that gets tested as you grow older and shit happens to you and you <laughs> lose people and all that. But but um, there is to me an inherent beauty. In, in the simple process of being alive. And that beauty is comprised of the full spectrum of our existence. That beauty is the pain and the suffering and the joy and the love. All of this creates this extraordinary thing that we get to do for a very short amount of time, which is be alive here. And when that's done, I don't care what you believe, there's no one actually knows what happens. So we don't know. So for all we know, it could be done. It could be done after this. So we need to, I feel so strongly that we really need to just concentrate and try and and be cognizant of this beauty as often as we can this like daily just the fact that we are still breathing yes shit is deeply fucked up (laughs) deeply there's a lot that needs to be done there's a lot that needs to change there's a lot that needs to disappear there's a lot of growing up we need to do there's a, a whole host of things that need to happen but if you zoom way out and look at the world the universe at the cosmic level, at the, at the light year level, at this thousands and hundreds of thousands of years level, we are nothing. <laughs> this whole shit, this whole thing is nothing in comparison to the scale of this. 
I mean, all of our little problems and our little bullshit and our fights and blah, blah, blah. It's fucking nothing. So you, so from the time we're born to the time we die, if we can find some shred, little moments of happiness where we feel good and where the people around us feel good and where we're treating those people around us with love and kindness and being generous to these people, then like that constitutes your life. And, and, and then at the end of it, hopefully you can, you can look at that and, and, and feel good and feel happy and feel gratitude for having experienced those things and those feelings. Um, that's like my big life philosophy is like really finding a get, you know, and it is very hard to do sometimes. It's like not a particularly easy thing to like get your mind to do mm. a lot, but, um, you really have to try. You really, really have to try because it's like, the fuck else are you gonna do? <laughs> the fuck else are you gonna do? That was going real spiritual, and it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Is <laughs> Thanks for bringing it back to us. Gotta bump. bring it back. <laughs> and we're back. Because what the fuck, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about that? Well, I think that's actually a valid uh, yeah. thing. I feel like every day there is much to fuck up your day and mm. and correctly so. I think there's a lot of injustice and a lot of imbalance and it wasn't Hell accidental. Yes. Like it was built that way and it was designed that way and it's perpetuated every day. Yeah. And you do your fighting, you do your best to kind of redress the balance and then you just have to kind of be able to fall asleep. Mm. And sometimes you're just kind of like, well, burn everything. I'm just going to go to bed. Um, (laughs) Or I'm going to listen to some music or I'm going to do some reading or I'm going to do whatever. And and art in that way kind of fills the specific chasm between the world as it is and the way you would like it to be. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, not to put too much pressure on the work that you do, but carving out time to find very specific pleasures like listening to or watching a set of yours is kind of like, you know, this is not right now part of the fight for balance and like justice, but it is giving me something of myself back. Mm. And I think that's an important thing to kind God of damn. hold on to. Wow. That's very powerful. Thank I, you. I try. I have not, <laughs> I just have not thought about art in that way. What did you say? It's the thing that bridges the way you want the world to be to, and, and the, the way, way that is. it is. Yeah. That's fucking that's some shit right there, dude. Spray wow. of charge. Yeah. Put, that, put those lyrics in there and then send me a check. I'm going to put that it. in my pocket and marinate on that. It's really beautiful. Uh, so, Mark, where can we find you online? Oh. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Mark Rebier. Just M-A-R-C-R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's YouTube. That's TikTok. That's Facebook. That's my website, .com. Everywhere and anywhere, Mark Rebier. On Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, any damn place you get your music. 
Mark Rabier. That is the most superior SEO I have ever, <laughs> ever witnessed. <laughs> it's all one word. I'm everywhere. That's it. You know what? Oh, you know what though? On Spotify, it's, it, it's, it's, there's a space. That's okay. They'll Damn find it. you anyway. Damn it's it. fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just my name everywhere. That's it. Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. The pleasure has been mine. Oh, stop. Can't thank you all enough for coming here and chilling with me. It was really nice. That's great. I had a fun time. I had me the too. best time. Me too. Do it again sometime. Yeah. Yes. There right. you go. Right. Cool. First Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Sho Vincent and us, Bimadawami and Nicole Perkins. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit and we're on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. If you'd like to listen and live tweet, there is a hashtag. It's TACPOD. That's T-A-K-P-O-D. And you can join other Thirst Buckets every Thursday or any other time. If you prefer, you can write us an email and send it to thirstaidkit at slate.com. If you want to use our Thirst Sommelier service, just send us a short, and we mean short, no longer than a minute, voice note via email to thirstaidkit at slate.com. You can find all of our episodes and links to listen at slate.com slash podcasts. And if you find yourself wishing you could get even more Thirst Aid Kit content every week, well, now you can. All you have to do is become a Slate Plus member. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program. And for just $35 for the first year, you'll get a little extra from this show and all other Slate shows, plus zero ads. Visit slate.com slash thirstaidplus to sign up. Stay thirsty and responsible. Wear a mask and do your best to make charged eye contact with your favorite loop daddy. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Visit slate.com slash first aid plus to sign up. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good. That was perfect. It was, (laughs) it's going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just wait, hold on.